Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Quick text before we go to Jack Michaels. Jason from Sangudo. On guard, Bamford's appearance on Oilers Now today says, Bob, nothing like a honky donk, but donkadonk, because Wranglers are the original yoga pants. That one comes to us from Jason Sankudo. Well, I saw our next guest yesterday as uh, we went and visited uh, Rob Kinsey from Canadian Power Pack, who's a big sponsor of uh, Oilers Now and brings you Brian Burke each week. Jack, it was great seeing you. It was great seeing Rob and the gang. How you doing, my man? Long time no see. Yeah, I, the only thing about it is it felt like there should have been a game the following day. You know, I know when, when we visit with these people, it's it's uh, you know part of a, a elongated road trip, and so unfortunately, despite the time of year, we we've got some time to wait before our next game. But nevertheless, good to get out, good to visit. I don't know if you heard Elliot earlier in the show today. Uh, referencing Gary Bettman's comments, his State of the Union before the Stanley Cup final, and Elliott's interpretation was, uh, because John Shannon's at like 90% we're going to play, Brian Burke's at 100% we're going to play, and Elliott made the point that Bettman's saying we're playing, and somebody had said to Elliott, there's no way if Bettman's saying that, that they're not playing, because you don't want to be out of sight out of mind. Now, you are a huge sports fan on top of doing the Oilers, and I do think there's a degree of truth to that. you got to kind of find ways to be relentless to play, don't you? Well, I, I, I absolutely, I mean, I, I, think the, I think what the commissioner is saying is, look, we, we're planning. I mean, you know, in other words, we're not, we're not writing off anything. And I, yeah. I, I certainly think that you know, I just don't know in the current climate what what shouldn't be, you know, ignored is the fact that we're playing if. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I, I think there's some things that, quite frankly, are out of our control at this sure that we can't for sure say, all right, this is happening. And that's what's the scariest thing about the last nine months, Bob. You and I have talked about it before is you'd love to make plans and you'd love to be optimistic and you'd love to talk, but it's all contingent on factors that right now are out of our control. And right now there's no necessarily you know, predictive analysis that gives you a 100% chance of this is when we're starting. Uh, the NHL and the NBA went bubble. Now, they are sports that play games every two days or every three days. The NFL and Major League Baseball has gone a different route. Major League Baseball plays every day, as you know. Um, is is the situation, is the sport that has the greatest chance to be successful football just because they play just the one game a week? What do you think? I don't necessarily you know, I would say that you mean, are you talking about outside of a bubble, Bob? 
Well, I'm just saying which sport has the best chance. I mean, we're watching an NFL. And remember, the NFL doesn't I mean, meet. the NHL knocked it out of the park within the bubble. Zero yes. positive tests. Now, the, right. the NFL can't say they've done that. Now, thus far, they've had enough runway to adjust on the fly with some game postponements. But to be honest with you, they're running out of runway, partner. I mean, they're not too far. Bob, we're not too far. We're not more than five or six. Six more cancellations away from the Super Bowl being backed up at least a week. I mean, that's just, you know, some of that runway is gone that the NFL had. So outside of a bubble, I think you might be onto something with one game of a week. Inside a bubble, you know, it's hard to do it better than the NHL did. They were perfect. Yeah. Uh, did you did you watch any of the game last night? By the way, the Eagles game against the Giants. Because to me, that was a broken. Uh, that's a broken window I, game. I, I was going to say calling that a game would be a bit of a stretch. I, I would describe it more as visual expressions. Yeah, it was it was tough to watch. Uh, what was tougher that? or watching the Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh last week, Jack. You, for the listeners that don't know, Jack is probably the biggest Cleveland Browns fan in the city of Edmonton. And maybe the only one. Uh, I I uh, watched it for as long as I could, which was probably three quarters and maybe a series. But uh, beyond that, Bob, it was uh, painfully reminiscent of so many other quote-unquote big games I've looked forward to low these many years. So, are you concerned about Baker Mayfield? Uh, I'm not overly bullish on him right now. I think there's other issues at work here. Everyone talked about Cleveland's rush deep, you know, rush offense, uh, but there is a difference between run blocking and pass blocking, and I think that's an area that the Browns have sorely been lacking in the last you know, yeah. three years, as long as he's been in, as long as he's been in a Browns uniform, I would not describe the Browns pass blocking as elite in any season. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. I know you often accuse me of being a front runner uh, because of uh, my beloved Alabama football program, and and what it is, as you know, Jack, what it is for me is the process that Nick has and and that expertise. And uh, hey, it helps when you got a top three recruiting class year in and year out. But I also admire some NFL organizations. I mean, historically. And NBA organizations like San Antonio, in terms of how they were run, uh, you know the well, Patriots. Continuity is a big factor. I think San Antonio, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right. they have continuity on their side. When you're constantly retooling and you know rebuilding at the at the you know organization's highest levels, you have issues, and that's why I think you know to some degree. I'm curious to see where Edmonton is in five or six years because they've brought in a pair at the top uh, that are not only experienced, uh, but experienced in different facets of an organization. Uh, And so that that has some appeal to me. Even Dave Tippett, as a quote-unquote coach, uh, has some experience as a bit of a builder, and we know what you know. Some of his, you know, away from hockey pursuits. He he's got a natural kind of builder's mind, and I think uh, that may very well serve Edmonton extremely well in the future. So I have a theory on this, Jack, and my theory is that you have two guys with different experiences. Uh, Ken Holland was in Detroit. Mike Yelich gave him the wherewithal. I mean, Detroit, before we had a cap, was like Dallas. They were like Colorado. They spent, spent, spent. 
Then they had the cap. Then they were still competitive for a number of years. And then, you know, it, it caught up to them after because it should be somewhat cyclical. And some people would say, ah, oh, Stoffer, you're giving Mike, or Ken Holland a free pass because Detroit, you know, look at the situation he left Eiserman in. But there's a well, cyclical. Well, you're drafting in the 20s for 20 years. I mean, yes. Yes. It's hard to be right all the time in the later rounds. And conversely, whereas maybe Ken had some advantages working for Mike Illich, Dave Tippett was in Arizona where it's been a you-know-what every step low. I mean, they might have another challenge with ownership here shortly with Alex Murillo and some of the challenges. He's, so you have two guys with very different backgrounds, Jack, in terms of you know uh, recent experiences with franchises that they worked with before coming to Edmonton. Well, and the other thing with Dave Tippett, you know, even in Dallas, as you know, I mean, no disrespect to the Stars and their recent Stanley Cup run, and for that matter, their back-to-back appearances in the finals in 99 and 2000, but Dallas has always been behind three major sports when it comes to that market. The Cowboys, far and away, number one. Uh, number two, at least in the Tippett era, Mark Cuban's Dallas Mavericks, absolutely a, a, a lock at number two. And then number three would be the high school football scene. And people in Edmonton and, and maybe some other areas of the country where it's not that big don't realize what I'm talking about. But I'm sorry. You know, high school football is now spread where it's not just Friday night lights. You got, you know, Saturday afternoon games, in, you know, in major stadiums across that particular area. So uh, the fact that, you know, he's had that experience in non-traditional markets and, and having to, you know, scratch for every nugget of attention that he's gotten, uh, you know, I, I think is a, is a nice blend with, as you point out, uh, the Red Wings and their amazing quarter-century run of consecutive playoff appearances. Jack, the Edmonton Oilers signed Chris Russell to a one-year extension. Obviously, uh, everybody's keeping an eye on Seattle for a bunch of reasons. Just give me your take on uh, on what you think Russell brings the Oilers. Well, I think he brings them quality minutes, you know, NHL minutes on the blue line, which are in short supply, quite frankly. And you and I have called far too many games where the Oilers haven't had professionals, especially in their third pair, not NHL professionals. Anyway, uh, they're starting to put those years in the rearview mirror. And I think Chris Russell at this stage is not only a, a quality third pairing defenseman, but I think he gives you some insurance in a variety of areas. If Caleb Jones experiences some regression or a a temporary step back, if Oscar Kleffbaum is not able to return at full strength, you know, there's a lot of if, and when you have Chris Russell in that fallback position, uh, I think next year is going to be a regular. I think the year after, in a perfect world, he might be more of a 6'7", but to have that guy in the 6'7 role is... You know what? I can't think of too many guys in the entire league that you wouldn't, you know, like to have than Chris Russell, where maybe he gives you 60 games playing 14, 15 minutes a night. I think Chris Russell's going to be able to do that for a long, long time. I still think he's got another five or six years of being able to do that. Uh, we saw Ethan Bear take a quantum leap forward. Caleb Jones came up in the second half. He didn't play as critical minutes. 
I, I think Caleb's got, a, especially now with the cleft bomb injury, I think Caleb's got a great opportunity this year to really sort of establish himself as a four or five NHL defenseman. What do you think his upside is? Oh, his upside is the top four defenseman in the NHL, like for the next 12 years. I mean, that's what I think his upside is. In terms of production, I think his upside is somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 points. Uh, really? In terms of, you know, how many minutes he could theoretically play, you know, again, I think the upside is, is fairly significant. I think he can, you know, his upside is being able to give you 22 or 23 reliable minutes a night. And here's why I say that. He's, he's, he's an athlete. He can, he can skate. He can move the puck. He can shoot. I think he needs to get stronger in his own end, but he's not alone in that regard when it comes to the other prospects that are coming through. I think I think Ethan Bear needs to continue to develop in that regard as well. But Caleb Jones can do a lot of things, uh, and a lot of th- you know he's not just a you know a one-dimensional guy. So I I'm very bullish on Caleb Jones, but the only reason I made the comment on Chris Russell as being kind of insurance in a, in a number of areas is it's now always a smooth track for defensemen, you know, becoming full-time NHLers. And I agree with you. Caleb Jones showed a lot last year. A little different when you're asked to do it for 82 games. And, and, and not only 82 games, but not 82 games playing sheltered minutes all the time. So, there might be some bumps in the road, and that's where, again, having a Chris Russell to help steady as she go and also, you know, help continue those that professional development, I think it's a great thing for the Oilers. I think especially at that number for the 21-22 season, another value signing for the Edmonton Oilers in terms of free agency and the contracts that they've set up and managed this offseason, it's as good a job, at least in my decade here, as I can remember. Yeah, they certainly have created some flexibility moving forward. Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. Jack, uh, Ken, uh, you know, Ken Holland went with Dave Tippett. They worked on that relationship with Yes Poliarvi. I don't know if a year ago at this time, if we thought Poliarvi was going to be, well, I'll ask you, did you think Poliarvi would be back and back on a two year deal at this time last year? I thought there was a chance, and the reason why is Ken Holland from the very get-go took a measured approach. He didn't write him off as an oiler. He didn't write him off as a potential prospect. At the time, he said what? He's a 21-year-old kid learning to be a pro. And, you know, if he needs a year in Finland, you know, maybe there's maybe there's an avenue to bring him back at that time. I don't ever recall a conversation where Ken Holland was – thinking Pooley Army was in the rearview mirror. So as a result, I thought there was a chance. I mean, to create any sort of relationship, at least one half of the relationship has to believe in it. So I'm not sure where Pooley Army's camp was a year ago. I'm guessing if they thought there was a chance to be an oiler, it was a very small one. But what is Ken Holland known for around the league? Patience. We don't know many people who dislike him. We know that he's got a number of strong relationships with people across the league. And I think he utilized this year as a chance to build and, and create some positive groundwork in the Pugliarvi relationship. And as a result, I mean, look, did I think it was better than 50-50? Probably not. But I also thought there was a decent chance something could be salvaged, at least for a year. 
and now he's got two. And I, again, I think that's indicative of Holland's measured approach. He doesn't want to put all his chips in the one season, and he doesn't want to heap all the pressure on Paul Yarby. All right, you got a year to show me. He still recognizes that at 22 and around the 100 NHL game mark, what what can be gained by signing just a one-year deal? It is still a process for Puliyarvi. He's still got a long way to go in terms of establishing himself as a surefire top-nine NHL player. So why make it for one year when two gives both the organization and the player feel that this is the relationship that isn't going to go south if there's a rough couple of games? Yeah, I, I you know, and we, I know we've talked about this before. I look at uh, yes, and I think to myself, he should be capable of being a third liner, you know, at, at least a third liner. He should be. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I think that's the minimum that he can be. I'm not sure, if Jack, if, you know, if, ever, if, if if the maturation that's occurred, and Dave Tippett referred to that in an interview on Monday, Jack, if the maturation that's occurred is there with Paul Yarvey comes in, accepts, hey, he's got to work his way up and uh, just, you know, do what he needs to do from the start, it sounds like he might be at a different place than he was at before. I'd be really intrigued to see because he's a, to me he's a wild card for the Oilers when we get back at it this season. Well, and again, uh, some of that has to do with away from the rink too. I mean, part of it is the physical maturation of his body, uh, learning you know the training habits that that make you a pro over the course of a fifteen to twenty year career, and then there's also you know, a, a year plus now in North America, a year plus now of, of getting the language down and just, you know, learning what it's like to live in Canada as opposed to Finland. And I know we lived in Finland last year, but he'll now come back to a city that he's, you know, familiar with. It's not, it's not a city where he's kind of, all right. You know, you're 19 years old. Good luck building a career in the NHL. And, and uh, you know, again, I, I think what you're saying is indicative more of maybe some away from the ice uh, growth and development that all of us as as, as people go through when, our, when our, we're in our early 20s. I mean, 22 is different from 20, and 24 is going to be different from 22. I think this is a relationship that Ken Holland is interested in building long-term, and that's why I think you saw the two-year deal. Let's see where we're at you know, 24 months from now and, and see if there's a fit on the roster, and, and if so, what's that fit going to be? I mean, who knows? Uh, given two years, Pugliarvi might be able to play his way into consistent top six minutes, let alone top nine. Jack, uh, who's going to be happier after this weekend? Alabama's playing Tennessee, and the Browns are playing the I Bengals. Missed that one, Bob. Give it, to, give it to me one more time. Alabama is playing Tennessee, and your yeah, Browns. It's a 50-point win. It's not a 50-point win. And, it's and the, a 50-point win. Come it's on. Go, it's going to be 50, close. 54-7 <laughs> will be the final of the Alabama game. And I like the Browns to rebound and squeak past the Bengals 31-28. Have a great weekend. It was good seeing you. Talk to you next Friday. Cheers, partner. That is Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. To the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We will tell you 
that uh, Joe Kim Nygaard, who is signed by the Oilers for the upcoming season, he's currently playing in Farstad. He, of course, suffered uh, a finger injury against the Calgary Flames. Uh, it was on January the 28th. Uh, blocked a shot and was out the rest of the season. And we thought uh, he might be able to come back and play during the return to play and give the Oilers some speed further down the lineup. He didn't come. He wasn't able to come back. Then he returned to Sweden. He's playing for Farstad, and he got hurt again. Well, end result, uh, people thought he was going to be out four to six weeks. He played uh, in yesterday's game in the Swedish Hockey League, so there's a bit of an update there for you. I'll tell you that Uncle Melt down at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin was saying the other day they had a huge number sales-wise uh, on their used vehicles, and they're down to about 10 to 12 units. They need some trades. And not only will Ford Motor Company give you a trade-in bonus out at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin of up to $2,500 for your 2016 model or older, but Brent Ridge will pay top dollar for any trade just to restock the shelves. Go see Uncle Belt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang out of Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. There we have it. Wow. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of the 13 Edmonton area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The stopper recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. The Toronto Maple Leafs have signed Travis Dermott, defenseman, to a one-year deal under 900 k so he did them a bit of a favor there. I wonder, are there comparables between him and Ethan Bear? I think Bear played more minutes. Of course, we've talked about the fact that Anthony D'Angelo, a very active guy on Twitter, a strong uh, (laughs) right winger to say the least, uh, last year a million bucks, and then D'Angelo went out and had a huge season this year. What do you have, like... 50-plus points this year if they're on the Rangers' defense running their power play, and he got almost $5 million a year on extension. But I know in the past we've compared Bear a bit to uh, D'Angelo. I don't think the Oilers will get – well, we'll see what ends up happening on a one-year deal. But Dermott signing today on a one-year deal. Speaking of today, to this day in Oilers history, and back at the 630 Chet Studios, it is Brendan Escott. All right, well, I saw you put the tweet out. I saw the Oilers put the tweet out. So this only made sense to revisit this day in 2016. It was a balmy 10-degree afternoon. The Oilers get three second-period goals to down the Winnipeg Jets, 3 to nothing in the Heritage Classic that was held at Investors Group Field in Winnipeg. 33,240 fans watched Cam Talbot earn the shutout for Edmonton. You know, I uh, it's funny. Uh, Jack and me were invited to events on the Friday and Saturday night, uh, some dinners uh, pri- with a bunch of our corporate partners with the Oilers and uh, prior to the game on the Sunday for the Heritage Classic. And one of the guys was from Saskatchewan and he came up to me and goes, you know, Bob, I used to listen to you doing Golden Bear games uh, once in a while when I was driving in Saskatchewan. And sometimes I would uh, flip back and forth uh, between the Huskies broadcast, uh, broadcast with a guy named Neil Shuchuk, who's currently working up at Whitecourt and and, uh, and your show with Kevin Carius. And I had a good chuckle uh, uh, Neil was one of the uh, great guys uh, to to bump into and see along on the tour. Terrific uh, play-by-play guy, and uh, 
it's always uh, it, it made me made, made me chuckle when I just out of the blue he's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm a huge uh, Saskatchewan Huskies football fan, and I listen to Neil Shuchuk, and sometimes we'd hear you and Carius because Carius is from uh, Saskatchewan. As well. I just started laughing. So uh, I know Neil's working up in White Court uh, for another uh, radio group. Terrific guy, uh, but that Heritage Classic, I, I, there was like. 30 stories like that over the course of the uh, four or five days that we were there. Uh, obviously, uh, unfortunately, Dave Semenko, Dale Howarchuk no longer with us. They played a, in that Legends game. I remember when they introduced the winner players, and they've got all these Hall of Famers, and, you know, uh, he played 25 years in the National Hockey League, two-time league most valuable player, six-time Stanley, like, you know, Mark Massey. It was just, it was amazing when you think about the accomplishments of those um, players of the Oilers of the 80s. Coming up on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins tonight. It is a fluid show so far. All right. Well, uh, there we go. Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports. Tomorrow, uh, have a terrific weekend. Uh, We'll be back at her on Monday. Guests will include our NHL insider, John Shannon. Out of Barhead, Alberta, Edmonton area product. He willed himself to the National Hockey League, Alan May. And I'll get Reed on the show coming up on Monday as well. Everybody, have an awesome weekend. Stay positive. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Jalen Nye's got the 6.30 Jet Afternoons, 2 to 6 today. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Jet.